Hello friend, I am Maria and welcome to the Conversations with My Higher Self podcast. This show is about spirituality, consciousness, and the inner workings of the universe at large. My partner Sergey uses hypnosis to bring me into a deep theta state where I get a chance to connect with my higher self. He then interviews me to uncover a wealth of knowledge about higher realms, celestial beings, and various energetic practices. Enjoy! Today, I would like to talk to you about karma. Could you please tell me what does karma mean? Um, sure. So, karma... I mean, the literal translation is act or action, but that is somewhat irrelevant to the greater concept of karma. Although, in essence, it is a sequence and a memory, or should I say a record, of your past actions or, you know, anything can be construed an action just doesn't mean um like a thought as an action if you know what i mean yeah um so everything that has a material imprint would be considered an action mm-hmm. so karma is this collective concept of um everything that you acted upon in all of your past incarnations that mattered you know the good the bad all of it mm-hmm which is not to say it is the same as the Akashic records or the Akashic field. It's actually quite easy to get the two confused because in some ways they are like a pair. You know, they, they go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. But karma is less about, you know, keeping a very rigorous track of everything that happened and more about the end result of those actions like an imprint of those actions. There are different types of karma. Um, There's personal karma that belongs to a particular soul. There is collective karma that belongs to groups of souls. That collective karma can belong to both on the spirit level, to a group of souls on the spirit level, like a soul family, if you will, as well as a group of souls, um, like an ancestry line which is a more incarnate type concept. So karma can be personal and individual as well as collective. There is such, you know, uh, there are multiple ways to look at collective karma actually also, meaning it doesn't just have to be your ancestry line, but it could also be the karma of a particular generation. Like millennials are going to have a karma. Gen Z are going to have a karma. A karma of a um, particular political party. Um, a karma of a particular country uh, or group of countries, a karma of a continent. Um, you know, as, as you know, Atlantis was a continent that went down because of its karma. Hmm. But um, so karma is, is a very collective type um, of a concept. Uh, by collective, I mean um, it's it's it, it's complex. It's not just single dimensional. Um, if you think about, I actually have a decent analogy, I think, for karma. Um, I think on this plane, karma sometimes is perceived as something bad. Yeah. Or, you know, something that you did wrong or something that you're going to have to pay for. Pay for, yeah. Or be punished for, you know, so it's, it, it does have a neg- negative ca- connotation. Sometimes it stands for bad luck um, or always attracting certain negative circumstances which could not be farthest from the truth because karma in and of itself is not negative or positive it just is and by the way it is a collection of both not just one so there's positive good karma and there is bad karma mm-hmm. um that's one uh but the analogy that i had and the reason that karma exists right so if you think of yourself on a soul level First, let's kind of deal with personal karma first, maybe as an exercise. Mm-hmm. Think of yourself on a soul level, right? 
at one point you are birthed as an entity, as a soul, as a spirit, however you want to think of it. And you get started on a journey, right? And so you go through the cycles of incarnation and you go through your lessons one by one by one or sometimes in parallel. You could have multiple incarnations all going at the same time for faster learning. And then basically as you go through that, think of it as you know, being in a giant video game and having an avatar and moving through levels, one through an infinity of levels. Karma is something that allows you, when you die, to not have to start from scratch all the time. Mm. Right? Because mm -hmm. if you didn't have karma, you would actually be thrown right back at square zero, which would be a very ridiculous place to learn. Because karma is almost like a bookmark in your personal book of records. So that you can open that book from a page that you know you left where you left off huh. your reading otherwise it would be a very disjointed story so karma is actually a very helpful thing it's a perfect mechanism to help you exactly to, to help you go exactly where you need to go as fast as you could possibly go there so if we think of your journey or the journey of your avatar the journey of this you know player in the video game as an act of evolution right so you're you're moving from point A to point Z and hopefully you know, there's there's generally some type of goal on a spirit level that goal is um you know from a a place of very little light to a place of a lot of light so your your journey as a spirit would be from being able to hold a fraction of that primordial source light to being able to encompass all of it mm -hmm. right yeah. so that is your journey now there is no one blueprint for that journey there are as many blueprints as there are souls so because there is no right answer, and in fact, the whole beauty of the journey is in fact that there are no two similar journeys ever in all of existence and all of creation, it was impossible to create a blueprint. So the creator, the source, however you want to call it, came up with this concept of karma that would allow you to start exactly where you left off. So again, the, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it is yeah. kind of recorded. And generally... Um, karma works through this concept of knots, right? So it's, it's, again, like, it's very similar to a bookmark. So say there is a relationship or an action that you did, with, uh, some type of, you know, uh, a thing that happened in, in one of your incarnations that does not lead you to a path of being able to encompass more light, but potentially it either keeps you in the same place or, you know, Basically, it's like a little bit of a setback or, yeah. uh, you know, that feeling of getting stuck. So, you know, that type of action would create like a little knot on your fabric of existence. It's like a memory knot. You know, sometimes when you want to memorize something, remember something, uh, you know, it's like a, an old mnemonic technique. You would tie a knot mm -hmm. to not forget. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing. It's like you were making a note on a soul level to yourself to remember, oops, when I'm faced with this type of circumstance, this is what I do, or this is how I feel, or this is how I act. And this is not in the service of my greater good. It's not in the service of my evolution. It's not helping me get to where I need to go. It's not a step forward. It's a step back or it's a step, you know, on the same exact spot. Mm -hmm. So you kind of create these types of knots. So you can remember to go back mm. and, you know, untie the knot. Yeah. Move forward with a different type of action that would serve your higher self, would serve your higher evolution. So that is that on the, on the soul level. Yeah. In the same exact way, for groups of people, say we can take an ancestry line, there's generally the inception point of an ancestry line and an intention that is set forth by the two creators of the of an ancestry line, right? That bring uh, join their energies together, and then there is an intention to make something happen, and then there is from that standpoint there is also a potential evolutionary path for that particular ancestry line. Now you could be moving as an ancestry line, you could be moving towards that purpose or away from it. So knots, these karmic knots get created when you're not moving towards the higher purpose of your ancestry line, mm -hmm. which just happens to be in complete sync with a higher uh, purpose for everything, you know, on this planet because everything is so interconnected. 
So something that is really, really good for the evolution of one person cannot really be absolutely incredibly horrible for the evolution of the other. The life doesn't work that way. You know, we're all kind of in the same boat together. Mm-hmm. Moving in unison. Yeah. So again, like that's why ancestry lines also create these types of knots. Now, of course, collective karma can be incredibly hard to deal with because it's a knot that, you know, every time somebody from the ancestry line passes through the same type of circumstance, making the same types of mistakes, you know, that knot becomes stronger and tighter and tighter. So it's a lot harder for someone to untie it and then like do the cleanse. Mm -hmm. Generally, though, when you come into this, onto this particular plane, into this um, reality, what each of you have to deal with is combined karma. So it's combined karma of your personal past incarnations, as well as combined karma of the collective that you walk into. So obviously it's your, you know, ancestry line karma, as well as the karma of all humanity, for instance. You know, humanity in its current state of evolution has karma around how they've been treating their habitat, for instance, how they've been treating the animals and plants around them. That's a good example. How they've been treating each other. All of that created knots. Mm. Right, that would need to be untied. So, just by the virtue of you having your own personal karma, actually doesn't mean that what you're here on this earth plane to do is work on your own personal karma. Sometimes your higher self, when planning the incarnation, would choose for you to work on um, an aspect of the collective karma and choose exactly specifically which area of the collective karma it would want to tackle. Hmm, so there's like many ways to spin the story. There's so many options. The options are infinite on how you want to build a, a particular incarnation and the complexity, the karmic complexity that you want to take. But karma always moves in unison with the universal laws, the laws of existence. You know, there are some laws that really make up the fabric of this universe. You know, where white is white and black is black. You know, certain things are just true whether you believe in them or you don't, whether you're aware of them or you're not, right? And so karma as, as this big balancing act is always on, on, on the right side of that balance, right? Mm. So you're breaking that balance. It'll bring you back That's interesting. into balance and, one uh, way or another. How does one um, or like how does the higher self choose which karma to work on? Um it, yeah. de- it depends. Oh, my God. So many different ways. Just can you maybe try to generalize? Ooh. So it depends on the level of the soul. It depends on the level of the person. It also depends on how many incarnations the higher self chose to undergo at any particular time. Mm-hmm. There would always be primary incarnations, primary splits, secondary, tertiary splits. Yeah. You know, for your primary split, you generally undergo bigger missions that would allow you to take larger leaps Mm. towards your personal evolution. For your secondary uh, incarnations, the leaps are slightly smaller. For your tertiary, even smaller. You kind of catch my drift, right? Yes. So depending on which particular incarnation you're planning, right? Mm. If it is an, an incarnation that's a primary incarnation, either basically you choose to tackle karma and... You know, if you're looking for that big jump, it has to be a big knot. Mm-hmm. Now, whether that's a knot in your personal karma or the collective karma, it almost doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Collective knots are slightly harder to untangle. Although it depends. Again, yeah. everything is an overgeneralization here. Very often, though, what I see happen on soul levels as I'm watching these decisions being made is... Souls, as they evolve, tend to work with certain levels. So very similar, again, to to the video game. Mm -hmm. When you level up, there is a certain number of challenges that becomes available to you, right? Certain levels of challenges, whatever those challenges are. Say that you leveled up, and again, in a very simplistic way, your next level is called love, right? So Mm -hmm. you're going to have to deal with all types of karmic situations and all kinds of circumstances that would enable you to learn what love is, how you are in the relationship to that energy, 
how much of it you can house in your body. So say you just leveled up, you kind of start from a blank slate. Mm -hmm. And it is actually possible to start from a blank slate on the soul level in relationship to a particular concept if you've never experienced it before. At first, you're going to have a couple of lies that are just setting the stage, right? You want to get your avatar in the game to try to see as things are thrown at it, what are the choices, decisions, actions, thoughts, and feelings that it has in relationship to all of these circumstances, if you yeah. will, right? All of a sudden, you got some karma going because every decision, you know, sends you in a certain direction, either towards your greater good, away from it, or neither. Mm -hmm. Keeps you in a neutral state, right? So once you have a little bit of your karma under your belt, what you would choose to do then is first, you kind of would, you know, work things out in your own personal auric field. So, you know, once you're, so people, people, not people, souls, should I say, choose to first deal with those like bigger knots first, right? Mm -hmm. You first have to iron out your own fabric and deal with it. Because it's actually really hard if you have like a really, really big knot in your own frequency that is going to have such polarity and such magnetism that it will be impossible for you to work on a collective level. So truly how they say, if you want to change the world, you have to start with yourself first. And it is so true on many different levels. Because no, you cannot work on the collective until you've figured your own stuff out. Mm -hmm. As you evolve and as your own knots untangle and you're still on level, like on this level of love, right? What becomes available to you is to start working on the collective still around love though, mm -hmm. right? So you would choose to either come in a particular ancestry line that has had issues around that subject or into a particular tribe or family of humans or, you know, a country where, love is not being shared freely, not given freely, not received in the right way, you would come to a planet like a third dimensional type of planet that has struggled with that concept, for instance, right? And then through multiple incarnations, you would be able to help unravel something for the collective. And then when you fully have comprehended what love is as a concept, then you unlock the next level. That might be faith, for instance. Mm -hmm. And then you work with faith. And you kind of like first get that and, and it's kind of like that cycle just keeps going. Yeah. Right. And then, but again, for you to be able to graduate from, from that level of love, you're going to have to go through probably millions of different circumstances and millions of different incarnations and a myriad of different planets and galaxies and spaces and universes for you to be able to tackle that concept from as many angles as is possible. And again, like, you know, as we, it, as we're talking about this collective karma, you're basically uh, just being able to deal with your own personal family, like the family that you're born into, and like heal a particular wound in them is just the beginning step of the collective karma healing. Once you're able to tackle something on your personal familial level, you move to more complicated tasks. It could be, okay, well, now let's work on a planetary level. Okay, fine. Planetary level conquered, let's work on a galactic level. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. And then higher and higher up until, like, there's truly not much to that challenge anymore. You're going to have to move on. Now, sometimes levels inter intersect. You know, there's like, for, as souls go um, up the ladder of their personal evolution, they're sometimes tackling more than one level at the same time. Mm-hmm. Right. Doesn't, for instance, you could be like tackling love, faith and forgiveness all in the same go. But you generally see that with more evolved souls that have enough of their personal light that they're able to do multiple splits and multiple splits very well. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's it's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. And if you, you know, if, as a soul, if you split one too many times, you don't have the energy, the light to feed all of your lower selves, if you will. And so they don't tend to be quite as effective at solving challenges as if you did have enough light to support mm -hmm. everybody. And what if you have a very strong knot? Like, for example, you go through the same karma over and over again. Like, how do you at the end can even get out of this circle? 
Absolutely. So there is life in between uh, death and birth, yeah. so to say. Uh-huh. Uh, there is existence, maybe not life in the way that you know it, but there's certainly existence. And there is a whole lot of things that happen in that space. So there is a lot of analysis that every soul goes through post each incarnation. And they especially focus on their biggest knots that they created or that they were not able to untangle. These are the things that they pay special attention to. Because again, these are their bookmarks. As they're unraveling and reading the story of their past incarnation, once they die and go to a soul space, let's call it that way. Yeah. Um, they look at every single action, every single thought, every single feeling, all of that. And they analyze how they got to that place again. You know, what were the decisions that they made to get them to that place that, you know, tends to be that karmic relationship or that karmic knot for them. Yeah. And they, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like what, what you would call studying. Like mm-hmm. you really study everything about that incident. And you make certain intentions as well you, as well as you really strive to memorize and analyze everything really deeply because what you're learning is how you as an entity operate. Because prior to you taking on certain challenges, you think you'd know how you'd react, but you don't actually truly know. Right. You don't truly know where you have cracks up until the cracks get formed by a certain trauma or something else. So there is a whole lot of studying, so to say, and analysis that goes in that space. And there are a lot of ways that souls send messages to themselves once they go through another incarnation. So the answer is the deeper the knot, the more studying and analysis you have to do, the more deeply ingrained those Basically, you form opinions about how you basically got there or why. Yeah. And then you form challenges to help take you gently through the knot, right? Because you as a soul, you decide exactly what the challenge is going to be, right? So you can make certain tweaks, right? You can, you know, choose certain partners that would teach you that lesson from a different aspect, you know, for, for instance, if it's a mother and daughter relationship, right, and you keep messing up as a mother, you might choose 700 different daughter types up until you were, you, you feel like you're able to get to that lesson, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's how you plan the next incarnation. It's also about when and how effective you are at sending messages and symbols and, you know, everything else to yourself, right? So everything that you hear called the subconscious is really that memory, that you have from like studying in all of your past lives and all of the things that you did and didn't do um, that is like stored there, which is not to say that it doesn't impact your life. It actually really, really does. Mm -hmm. So souls actually tend to learn upon making the same mistake as many times as is necessary, Mm. right? So I think one, one important thing to understand is that you don't go through the same challenge without the in-between buffer of learning and introspection and thinking and without getting intuitive hits. That's why you need intuition. If you didn't have intuition, you would tend to be on autopilot. Huh. But that's why there's always that little, little voice. If only you were to hear it, you would be able to move towards unraveling of that karma a lot faster. That makes sense. Um, okay. So, and um, let's say, um, where is it stored? Is it somewhere like inside your soul? Like how, how do you keep all this karma, all these notes, all these bookmarks? Is it like a place somewhere that belongs to you personally? Or it's like this Akashic field that belongs to everybody? Well... Um, it is accessible through the Akashic field in as well that these two things are intertwined, meaning one is a byproduct of another. Mm-hmm. Like your karma is a byproduct of what the Akashic records hold. 
At the same time, this is like a layer on top of your being. Like if you think of your spirit or your soul, right? There is a layer, almost like a cloak that your soul has, which holds everything that's true about it, right? And a very simplistic way to think about it is karma, right? Because all the good things, actually, all of your achievements are going to be quite literally cloaking you. You can think of it as holding all of that in your auric field. Same thing. What is your auric field? Your auric field is your energy. What is your energy? Your energy is a byproduct of all of your learnings from past lives. Like, that's your vibration, mm -hmm. right? So karma... Your collective karma is actually synonymous with your vibration. That's why people are able to read people. Because they're reading that auric field. They're mm. reading that karmic information that is readily available, even on this earthly plane. Although I want to say that uh, the answer to your question is a little bit more complicated than that. Mm -hmm. Because when you come into... When you descend into an incarnation, what ends up happening is through your spirit, spiritual body, like a certain imprint, like your aura is traveling from your higher self to this, to this dimension, right? Yeah. To this um, uh, plane. And then technically speaking, then it is being imprinted onto your mental, mental emotional, and energetic body. So technically, karma lives in all of your bodies when you're going through the physical incarnation, your personal karma, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And then your ancestral karma, same thing. But although your, you know, your, the karma from your spirit kind of has this descending order, so from spirit to mental to emotional body to physical, your ancestral karma is rising up kind of like starting from the bottom, from the soles of your feet, from your bottom chakras, going into your feet, mm -hmm. into the energetic, from like into the physical, then the energetic, then the emotional, then the uh, mental stops there. Yeah. Your ancestral karma or, you know, the collective karma of this planet would never go up to your spirit level unless, unless whatever happens in, in, in a particular life, basically it becomes your personal knot too. Hmm. If you're faced with a particular situation and you do the same exact thing that your ancestors did, then that could become a part of your personal karma and travel up with you once you die to your spirit. Hmm. I see. Uh, I was just trying to figure out like what role does the uh, karmic chakra play in this? Karmic chakra mostly uh, stores... Like it's it's like a quick access point. If 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 you know what I mean. Mm, can you elaborate? You mean like if you want to understand what's going on with your karma, you can tap into it, or it no? Mean? It's like a quick record. It's almost like it has the coordinates, but uh -huh. it doesn't have all the information. Okay. Right, and then so it's um, in the same way like all, all of the information doesn't live in your brain. Your right. brain has coordinates to everything that you've learned so you can unpack it. Oh, yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Or when you're tapping into the Akashic records, um, all you need sometimes is the coordinates. And then, like, when you get into the coordinates and into the particular time-space reality, it gets unlocked. So the same thing, like, the, your karmic chakra actually has the coordinates to the different nodes. Right. It. it doesn't necessarily contain the information about each nod. But from there, you can access any of that information. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. And uh, how does one know that um, by an action, you create bad or good karma? <sighs> Given that like a lot of people that are bad, they think that they do good, actually. Right, and in this case, do they create negative or positive karma if they think that they do good? So the laws of universal balance are the same laws for everybody. Just because you don't believe in gravity doesn't mean it doesn't exist. 
the karmic laws are actually different for different universes. Um, in this particular universe, you have some things that make up what is true about it. Mm-hmm. One thing that's true for this universe, one of the its most primordial rules is free will. So every time you take somebody's free will is like a big karmic no-no for this reality. Whether you know this to be true or you don't. So every time you force someone into something, say you're a parent and you really, your child really wants to do ballet, you really want your child to, do, to play hockey. And so you exude force. And with that force, you take the child's free will away and you force them to do something. That would be a big, like a good example of a karmic knot that you just created. So for this time-space reality, free will is one of the most important rules. You know? Yeah, that's interesting. So basically every time you take somebody's free will, you create negative karma. Correct. The The ultimate way to take somebody's free will away is murder. Uh-huh. That's why it's so much punished here. Yeah. Is because by committing that one action, in essence, you have completely taken somebody's free will for this incarnation in its entirety. So if that person was meant to live another 36 years, you've taken 36 years of that free will away from that person. Ah. That makes sense. Uh, talking about... Um, objects like nature right for example um yeah same same right yeah so when you pollute and destroy you kind of take its free will even though people don't perceive it alive yeah Yeah, that's why but they still generate negative karma yes that's why for instance there is a lot of karma that's negative karma that's being generated on this planet by the virtue of people eating animals that never were never meant to be eaten and quite frankly their whole collective consciousness is crying out against it yeah right it's taking the free wills and in this case of cows of pigs of chicken Mm -hmm. they don't want to be eaten yeah just the fact everybody eats the meat doesn't mean that it is not against the universal law Mm mm-hmm but again, like this is this is the world to learn this. This is the world where you learn that even in your deep sleep state, right? And the reason people eat animals is because they don't truly understand that it's the same divine spark that flows in them. They don't really necessarily large the humanity doesn't really recognize animals and plants on some level as as being the same. They they actually think of everything else that's alive is below them yeah right and from that stems a lot of cruelty from that stems a lot of actions that actually create karmic knots Hmm. that's interesting okay so but again yeah not to think of karma as bad let's not say that everybody who eats and consumes meat is bad it is possible right that they didn't know that they would or they wouldn't like again like Karma is good because it allows you to have experiences, even if you quote-unquote mess up, so that when you pick back up, you know exactly where you went wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as I understand, some souls even choose to kill someone or eat meat so they can learn this lesson. Well, how, how are you going to fully comprehend this concept of free will and the concept of the divine spark and the concept of unity, if you've never had an experience yeah. w- like that. Right. Right, like fully taking somebody's free will is it, for yourself. Is it a contract that exists between two people that like the kind of murderer and it the victim? It depends. Depends? Often it does. Mm-hmm. So yeah. sometimes uh, there is a contract sometimes there is not correct mm-hmm. there's also free will yeah <laughs> makes sense yeah so what does happen after one uh dies it's like you die and then you look at your karma 
like kind of you uh, uh, gained more negative or positive and like whatever um, happened during the okay. lifetime? So I don't think I fully understand the question, but I'm going to answer anyway. Mm. I just want to ma- make it super clear that there is no punishment after death. There is no thing like hell yeah. or the purgatory or anything else. Like it does not exist. Mm-hmm. Right? In very few, you know, situations where the soul does die and seemingly would get into hell, it is because they manifested that because by being fearful of that. But as a place, it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, you have free will. So as a human, you can manifest whatever you want because you're part God. Well, you are God or goddess. You created. Uh-huh. You created it, mm-hmm. right? So the most important thing for you to understand that even if you mass murdered three million people, there is no hell waiting for you. What is waiting for you on the other side is a big karmic knot of mm. having taken the free will of three million souls, even in that small blip in time that was this incarnation. So what would tend to happen is, obviously, as you examine, there's no judges, not in, 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 not in the sense that you imagine. There are guides on the other side, and the guides are actually very sympathetic to the experiences that you've had, especially if they were traumatic. And actually, somebody who's a mass murderer on the other side experiences a lot of the same traumatic behavior that somebody who would have undergone trauma on earth would. So your soul is actually traumatized by it. Once it gets into the space where it is one with everything, it, mm-hmm. you know, the realization of, of how wrong it was is there. It's instant. Mm-hmm. It's like the universal truth. And then, so a lot of the quote-unquote judgment is the judgment that you would hold for, your, hold for yourself. It is what you're used to thinking of as conscience, maybe. That is really the only judgment that there would be. Yeah. And not just that, but like what that situation would create is a big drive and desire in a soul to get this right in whatever way that is needed. So very often the soul would choose to actually be murdered in the next life to kind of like change places and experience that from the other perspective. Mm-hmm. Now, very often, there is some type of, you know, a few lives of servitude could be chosen, right? So somebody who is a caretaker or really sacrifices a life after a life after a life in the service of somebody else, right? Yeah. So that's how you untie the knot slowly sometimes, right? Makes so sense. your soul would come up with experiences that would allow you to untie the knot. But it's not from the position of punishment, right. but it is from a position of learning and evolving. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And um, how does this karma transition, does it uh, remain in this collective when you kind of finish your incarnation? Does it remain in the collective and in the uh, ancestral line? Your personal does not. Or- your personal would leave with you Uh Um, and like whatever new, you know, smooth areas or knots that you created. Yeah. By the virtue of you coming into a particular ancestry, you either exacerbate the karma that already existed there or you loosen it up. Uh So from that standpoint, the karma that you created for the collective on the collective level remains on this planet. Yes. Mm -hmm. Especially if you had an incarnation that worked on the collective level. So if your sole intention was, okay, I want to come into this ancestry and help it deal with, oh God, abortion. I don't know. Here's an example, right? Mm -hmm. So because you put forth that intention, a part of your soul energy would be working on that karmic thread within that ancestry. Or your higher self might have decided that you want to come into post-war Germany post-World War II Germany to deal with the collective karma of the German people after the genocide and, and after, you know, they, they in, in essence, kind of like started the biggest war in the recent history of humanity, mm-hmm. right? So as, as a soul, you might put forth the energy that would enable the German people to heal 
on the collective. If that was your sole purpose, then a part of your energy would kind of remain in the collective of that particular um, country, even after your death. Like it's it's almost like an imprint that you mm -hmm. leave behind. Yeah. 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 Got it. Um, so I think what was uh, interesting when I was reading about karma is that, for example, in I think in Indian culture, uh, because they're mostly familiar with this term karma, uh, it went like to the level when people don't want to do things in this incarnation because they tell, oh, I'm just going to do it in the next incarnation. <laughs> Is it like people don't understand this concept? Yes. So again, karma is an act. Um, if you come here and don't do anything, unless this is a life, I want to make that caveat, that there are different types of incarnations, different intentions for incarnations. There are some incarnations that we could refer to as sleeper incarnations when it's actually really advisable for you to not do much. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like a vacation type incarnation. Let me tell you that <laughs> the whole country of India... <laughs> is not necessarily in that place. They didn't all sign up for a sleeper type incarnation as a society. Yeah. So yes, the way they understand karma is, again, like everything else, is slightly twisted, uh -huh. right? Um, and it's, it's also a little bit dogmatized, where people are really afraid to actually exercise their free will to learn. So in essence, what they're doing is they're preventing their own evolution or they're slowing it down slowing it down they're slowing it down so like if you're not doing anything yeah maybe you'll not create a negative maybe you won't create any negative karma but you're sure or not going to create much positive you're not going to create much movement mm -hmm. and movement is all there is that's why you came here in the first place to create as much movement as possible because actually ironically the fastest way to your evolution is royally screwing up and knowing exactly how you screwed up as opposed to, you know, very gently <laughs> moving very slowly and cautiously for three billion incarnations. Is there a way you can consciously understand uh, what karma you came to work on in this particular incarnation? I would say look for patterns. Look for patterns in your past. Analyze your past and look for patterns for you and potentially your ancestral line, the past that, you know, like common occurrences. If you, if you feel like you're going through the same cycle of something, always attract the same partner or always attract the same type of feeling or no matter what you do, X is always true. Like when you feel like stuck a little bit in a particular type of energy, it would tend to be a dead giveaway that this is your karmic knot that you came here to solve. The reason being, like I said, there is no right or wrong way. There is not like one way to walk the walk. There are a myriad of different possibilities. So at any given point in time, your higher self, your soul, will choose only a very limited number of things to, for you to work on. And they tend to manifest themselves in the first 20 years of your life. There is going to be some type of manifestation or truth in the first 20 to 30 maybe mm -hmm. uh, years of your life that by then you would kind of know what your patterns are. Things that trigger you. Like certain beliefs that you perceive to be limiting and they're like in your face and like very much front and center. Certain feeling that you cannot escape. Yeah. Right? Because all of that is karma. Mm. You know, your belief system, you know, an occurring feeling, any addiction... If that, you know, if you if you have addiction issues or a hard time getting through something, you know, again, that would tend to manifest before you're 30 years old. So I would say, yes, it's not a very spiritual answer, but it is the right answer is look for patterns. Mm -hmm. Look for things that are true in your life over and over and over again. Examine your belief systems that really formed who you are. Now, again... Your belief systems could be positive and negative. So if you want to 
work on something, it's probably something towards the negative side. Mm -hmm. Look at your negative emotions. You might even want to make a list of top 10 emotions that you're feeling most often. Yeah. Like most often I feel excited. You know, I guarantee you that whatever karmic debt you have, a karmic thing you're trying to unravel on the emotional level, it'll be in your top three. So, you know, if, if, if your top three to top five are all positive, then probably not a good place to look. If you're generally in a heightened emotional state, probably not the best place to look. Then examine your thought patterns. Are there any limiting beliefs? Limiting beliefs around your health, limiting beliefs around your wealth, limiting beliefs around relationships, limiting beliefs about yourself. How are you in relationship to yourself? Yeah. How do you talk to yourself? How do you stop yourself from things that you want, potentially? How are you in the way of you getting what you want? What does your self-talk look like? Hmm. Things like that, right? Yeah, that makes sense. And then, of course, patterns. If you keep attracting the same person over and over again, that's your answer. Another way to look at karmic and understand karmic relationship is people who rub you a certain way. Like there are just some people that you meet that you feel like that could just cause a strong emotion in you. Mm -hmm. It could be a good positive emotion. And that's amazing. It could be a very strong negative emotion. One way or another. Right. And this could be your family members. Always start with your family members. Somebody gets you the wrong way. Somebody rubs you the wrong way. Probably a karmic relationship of some sort. Doesn't mean that you were with the same exact person in the past life, but you might have been in a similar type circumstance, right? It doesn't mean that if you have like, if you're a father son and, and your father rubs you the wrong way, it doesn't mean that it was the same human, the same soul in the past life, although that is also possible. It just means that it might just be a pattern every time you have a dad possible mm -hmm. so anybody who causes like a very strong emotion in you especially ongoing these people tend to stay like this karmic knots tend to stay for a couple of years they don't just vanish although everything and anything is possible there's like literally so many possible combinations mm -hmm. but every time somebody really gets to you really annoys you really angers you really upsets you or betrays you any of those things Somebody you're very envious of could be another one. If you're really jealous of someone, could be karma. Oh. Definitely want to look into that, right? That's interesting. Somebody that you're comparing yourself to a lot could be karma. In whatever relationship you feel you're inferior to them, could be a karmic knot to look into. And how Why do, you, do they make you inferior? What um, is it about them that they have? And is there... A practice uh, or anything that you can do to resolve the knot like let's say you find the trigger and what do you do next there are literally three billion answers to your question mm. there is no Depends that's the thing the with situation. karma yes like you cannot you're going to have to walk the walk in the physical. You mm -hmm. might not be able to get the answer in the metaphysical. Yeah. And that is the hard thing about karma is sometimes the most spiritual people have the hardest part, like the hardest time understanding certain triggers mm. because a lot of your karmic things are your blind spots. Right now, I would say that the easiest, if you get really lucky, <laughs> then past life regression could help but it doesn't help all the time. So past life regression could help if you're, I would say past life regression helps maybe 40% of the cases it, with, with, with dealing with a karmic situation. So first you have to like diagnose something and then like, I think this is like, this might be a karmic thing. Uh -huh. I don't know. It's like, feels like out of the left field a little bit, maybe my deeper pattern. You would want to go through a past life regression with an intention to get more information about this particular karmic knot. Doesn't work all the time, unfortunately, hmm. because it could be not your past incarnation, but something in your lineage or something in the collective consciousness. You're not necessarily going to get that from your past life. 
if you have some seeing abilities, which are just beginning to awaken on this planet, you would be able to um, access the Akashic records of your ancestral lineage. And that could give you a lot of insights. And again, but that like not that's not accessible to everybody per se. But if you're if you have a hunch that it could be something that has to do with your familial lineage, sometimes you know, like for instance, alcoholism runs in the family. Yeah. Right. There are some things that are very obvious. It would help to connect with ancestral tree, and look at the roots, right? Because the roots, the root of e of all evil, you mm -hmm. know, is mm -hmm. in the roots. Yeah. So you want to look at this most not like knotted and like uh, curved and you know twisted roots of the tree and you know as you examine these types of knots in the root system of your familial tree certain pictures or words might come to you in a meditation state and that could be a sign you know one of your ancestors literally stretching their hand through time and space to help you provide insight mm -hmm. you know that is one possible situation yeah another but the thing is either way right you're gonna have to do real work for it to go away you cannot meditate your way out of you know out of taking action because again it's like not doing much right like if, if you um if you created something by like you murdered someone you cannot meditate it away in another life that's not how it works you're gonna have to do real things real actions right now, the key is to go from being triggered by something to not being triggered by it, right? Yep. So how do you know that, for instance, if you've had a person that really triggered you in one way or another, and then, you know, the, the working out of that karma can, can look three billion different ways, like I said. But as you're parting, and generally people who are here to help you solve for some karmic issues they don't stay with you forever they're not your life partner mm. very rarely they are but mm, as a general rule they're not mm -hmm. when you're parting with them because there would be a parting in most instances how you feel in that moment and whether you feel closure and peace of mind that's what you look looking for peace of mind mm -hmm. very often actually both parties are not going to get their peace of mind one person can be done with that karma and the other person is not. I'll give a quick example. Let's say in a past life there were two sisters and one of the sisters, you know, always say something happened between them. Like one was um, older, the other one was younger and the older one was always taking care of the younger one, but the younger one was always taking advantage yeah. uh, of the older one. A very possible karmic relationship. Now, the older sister felt cornered or some type of, you know, like her karmic knot might have been, ooh, I'm such a martyr, I have to provide for my younger sister for the rest of her days. And the younger sister might have just been codependent. Now, it's very possible in, you know, in the next life, they would choose, both of their higher selves would choose to meet in a similar situation when one would be in a position of power in relationship to the other, mm -hmm. right? Now, they had a similar type of situation. One was, you know, it's a similar type of situation, but they don't have to be sisters this time. Maybe it's mother or daughter. Maybe it's friends. Maybe it's colleagues. It doesn't really matter, right? But each of them have a different anchor within that situation. And both of them are going to have to iron it from their different ends. And it is very possible that one of them works out their part of the karma and would be able to let the other person go with like best intentions, having not done anything that would distort the fabric of existence. And the other person might still have that naggy feeling hmm. as if they didn't really work through their own issue with that person. Now, what would tend to happen is it's not that they didn't work out something with that person, is they didn't work something within their personal field in real, that that person triggered right so what would happen is the one person that moved on from this worked out their karma and you know they now have a smooth fabric yeah. but the other person is going to have to pick another partner mm, in the next true. incarnation that would again be in a similar type of situation it's going to be like a deja vu for them with a different person 
yeah up until they make the right decisions that makes sense hmm. interesting and uh uh what's gonna happen or even if it's uh possible to fully resolve your negative karma what's gonna happen you you level up you level up yeah okay and you start creating new karma yes so it's never ending kind of well arguably everything goes into infinity yeah huh that's interesting got it so there is always something new to learn absolutely or at a higher level uh okay that makes sense and uh what if you just have too much negative karma You mean what, what what happens when you have too much negative karma? Do people go like a, a level easier? Yeah. <laughs> Very sometimes, not often, but it can be arranged. Karma could be erased. Hmm. When you feel like that knot is too tight, sometimes the soul is able to get that karma released. What that means though is they go back to square zero. They go to uh-huh. So it's like losing your spot in the book. That's interesting. That happens all the time. Not, you know, most people move on. <laughs> you know, most people untangle their karma. Yeah. But it is possible to start completely from scratch. It is, sorry, it's also possible to go back to the source. Oh, when you choose, if you choose. Yeah, if you like want to. There, there, you are always welcome to train. Yeah, the you can always, yeah, you can always go back. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Uh, is there anything else... Um, I should ask or we should know about karma that I didn't ask because it's uh, a new topic for me as well. Let's see. I mean, we can take a look at the earth plane and some of the most common karmic lessons if you'd like. Oh, that would be great. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. A lot of relationship karma. Mm -hmm. That is what um, humanity is going through right now. Relationship with themselves. Relationship with the other. Right now, humanity is taking on the family circle, the familial circle. Mm -hmm. uh, relationship with inanimate things that you consider to be inanimate. So nature, that is also considered other um animals plants things like that but mostly a relationship with other humans yeah different types of subordinate and controlling aspects right so even slavery is a good example right but it's just one manifestation of that every time one is in a position of control and power and the other is in a subordinate position of the lack of thereof it creates a lot of karmic knots. A boss and an employee. A and parent a and a child. Way, yeah. mm -hmm. Right? A judge and a criminal. There are many ways that mm -hmm. this, this plays out um, on the playing field. A teacher and a pupil. There you go. Another, you know, I have control, you don't have control. So a lot of those type of controlling tendencies that actually stem from people not being fully okay and loving of who they are. And that is probably the most broken relationship that we have on this planet is the relationship to self. That's where it all begins. Hmm. Humans are incredibly bad at understanding their own personal needs, understanding their own personal talents, understanding their personal power, loving themselves for who they are unconditionally right so i would say the number one relationship to fix is a relationship with yourself their relationship with your physical body start there hmm. most people are completely out of touch with what their bodies want what their bodies need and only keep feeding them chemical peels that get these bodies into a more sick of a state in terms of towards health right so even on the most basic level a lot of humanity's karma is relationship-based at the moment. Wow. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you for 
sharing all this great information with us today. And now I'm going to end our session. I'm very grateful for the information you provided us today. I'm asking the higher self to resist to where it belongs with much love and much thanks for the help and information it has been given Maria today. Uh, I know that our listeners are really going to appreciate it. Now I want all the consciousness and personality of Maria to once again return and fully integrate back into the body completely.